Welcome, holy. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. Do a deep work in our hearts and our minds. <laughs> Some of us just knock us out and do surgery. As it is written, behold, I make all things new. And so just take a look at that. Any area of your life that's not totally new with God's glory constantly, that's an area that he wants to touch and make new in your life tonight. New wine for new wineskins. The wineskin is your spirit. And the new wine is the Holy Ghost, the glory. Learning how to contain more and more glory inside your spirit. And there's no cap, there's no bottom, there's no top, there's no sides. It's literally how much of the Father's love can you contain inside your spirit. Infinity. Truth is, a lot of us are still trying to contain it in the size of our spirit inside our flesh. Where it gets really fun is your spirit growing outside your flesh and containing it over cities and nations. And that's what the sons will do in the coming days. What we need more than anything, new wine for new wineskins. Grace in your spirit. Intoxicating grace, which means you're so overwhelmed with joy at what the Father is able to do through Jesus Christ. All things are possible for those who believe because God the Father is the new wine in your spirit, the new wine skin. Hallelujah. Amen. And by faith, you can just drink it, like it. Check out the new bumper sticker. <laughs> That's awesome. Attention. I'm drunk on God. so healed on the glory of God that even material objects around your body start glowing. Amen. <laughs> oh yeah. 
The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Hebrew word beams, beams of light. Rise with healing in his beams. And like the sun lights up the solar system, lights up Mars, lights up Pluto, lights up Venus, Saturn, Earth, and like hundreds of billions of miles, so will you. We start with lighting up our body, then we light up our house, then we light up our city, then we light up our state, then we light up our nation. Glory to glory as solar system sons of God. S-U-N. What do you think you met when he said, you are the light of the world? You are the sunlight of the world. Acts 9, Jesus is brighter than the noonday sun in the desert heat. First born amongst many, brand new, all new solar systems. And if you don't have faith for it, he does in you. You're growing in his faith to shine that bright. Zero is based on you. 100% is based on he who's in you. You ever suntan before? You ever just catch some rays, some vitamin D? Have a vitamin D day? <laughs> That's the absorption of the glory of God. You've learned how to receive sunlight. Now learn how to receive sunlight. See, when your spirit's alive, it's receiving God's light and healing creation. You're healing the sun, the moon, and the stars from the fall of the angels and the fall of man under the angels. All creation longs, desires passionately for the revealing of God's sons. The word revealing means the removal of dust off the spirit. Why? Because they're liberated. You're liberating the heavens from the thieves called Satan and his angels. But you must take your place as thrones in the heavens through spiritual maturity. Otherwise, you're under governors and tutors until the appointed time of maturity. Not just in teaching in activation in substance faith is a substance means you're really there you're really in the heavens 
You're really possessing the dimensions by spiritual growth. Amen. When I was in Bible college, <laughs> I got a fortune cookie that I kept on my refrigerator for years. I might have even brought it into the crack house. I kept it so long because God revealed my eternal destiny through a fortune cookie. <laughs> You know, like 2003 or something. <laughs> and he said, this was so wild. I'm so drunk just even remembering this. He said, you will, wow. You and a loosely clad band of misfits will roam the earth for a cure for the dying sun. Hey man, that's the prophecy about Joel's army. Bob Jones, eat your heart out. You and Motley Crue are going to search for sunrise. Prophecy fulfilled. Check the box. Give me another fortune cookie, Father. In the fortune cookie prophecy around here. Irritating in our pride further still. Hallelujah. There's got to be something wilder to stretch my freedom. Glory to God.
seeing the tree of life today. What size is your face according to a tree? Your faith is a tree. Jesus said faith is a seed, the smallest seed of all things you can plant, which what they thought was a mustard seed in Israel. That was the smallest seed that all the agriculture had in the nation. He says that's how your faith starts, a mustard seed. So he related your faith to a growing plant and a growing tree. Remember the man that Jesus healed said, I see all men as trees. Now, what size is your tree? Most people by default will see the tree the size of their body. The size of your body is the mustard seed. That's the very beginning. It grows to fill the whole universe. How do you know that? Scripture says in Colossians that Christ filled the universe. One tree. And he's the first tree amongst many trees, overlapping sons of perfected faith who fill the universe with their relationship with God the Father in their spirit. That's what heals the heavens and the earth. Trees. Seeds of faith watered and matured. And the Father is a forester. He's equally tending the sapling and the redwood tree. Both grow and produce leaves by the same substance, him. What's the difference between the sapling and the redwood? Faith and experience walking with the Father in the coolness of the day. Author and perfecter or the grower of your mustard seed of faith. All the fathering of the Father of glory is to expand the size of your tree of life. And the leaves of this tree are the healing of the nation. It actually produces new flesh. This apostolic covering 
will remove all hospitals. What apostolic covering? You claiming to be an apostle? Jesus claimed to be an apostle. Hebrews says he's the apostle of our faith. Now, do you have Jesus in you? Then you're born of apostolic DNA. Or you're not even saved. Sometimes God will grow that apostolic nature up in people and they'll share in his apostleship called the throne of grace. The apostolic is the kingship. The prophetic is the lordship, king of kings and lord of lords. Are you a prophetic and apostolic people? You are if you're saved, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. May greater understanding remove all your offense about everything. I mean, it's all based on Jesus. Pride is simply any system working inside your tree that's not based on him. I'm talking about every system in your temple. Holy of Holies, your spirit. Holy place, your heart. Inner court, your soul. Outer court, your body. All systems run on Jesus. He's your creator. Your maker is your savior, Israel. It is written. <laughs> Your creator husband, married to God, because it's based on love. That's your only grid for love. That's what it's supposed to reference anyway. Sadly, in this culture, we don't get the reference. <laughs> wow. And it was prearranged, your wedding, foreordained, that your creator would be your husband king. That means a lot more today, or back then, than it does today. Understanding the implications of arranged weddings with royalty means you're set for life. Psalms 45, forget your father's house and be entranced with your husband. A psalm about the bride of Christ. The marriage psalm of psalms. Come on. What does it mean to forget your father's house? Talking about your natural bloodline talking about your natural family. Jesus required it of his disciples. He said, who is my mother and my brother and my sisters, those who do the will of my Father in heaven? He went as far as the saying, you have to hate your mother and hate your father to be my disciple. You know that scripture. People despise that verse, but Jesus said it. What does it mean? 
obviously doesn't want you to hate. He's talking about despising the bloodlines of the natural man to be engrafted into the spirit of adoption for your spirit man to be fathered by the father of glory. And to literally all the developments of the natural realm have to be hated in order to go from glory to glory to perfect your faith because your spirit man confronts all the natural man's counterfeits from mommy and daddy. You have a new family now. It's called the family of God. Whose genealogies are you going to manifest? Your parents and die? Or the spirit of adoptions and inherit eternal life? It's all about bloodlines and genealogies. Don't you want to be found in Luke's genealogy of Jesus Christ? Well, guess what? You've been born of his seed. You are of the genealogy of Jesus Christ of Nazareth if you're truly born again. Your family tree is not mom and dad. That's total error. Zero. 100% now of God if you're actually born again and want to be of his family. You can't have both families. His disciples had no option. You were all in into a different family or you weren't a disciple at all. And he said that. See, it's about actually believing and obeying Jesus in what he taught in the red letters, which is the deepest mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. There's nothing even close to what Jesus said, even though it's so simple. The vocabulary is seventh grade level. <laughs> the depth of those words is the total renewing of humanity, producing the sons of God. Remember, he's the son of God. If you listen and, and obey his words, you also become the sons of God. A lot of people think Pauline's epistles is where it's at. It's not. Paul was a disciple of Jesus. Paul didn't even bring one new revelation. I'll tell you what Paul did. He unpacked the gospel to the Gentiles who had no grid for the wisdom of the parables of the red letters. That's the truth. They couldn't understand one mystery in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was hidden from them. The truth is a lot of us barely understand it because of how deep it is spiritually and how much it costs the natural man to understand these spiritual things. All of those words will take you into the deepest realms of throne room glory, 157 or so. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. 157 fish caught in his net.
It's good to slow down and rest in the fire. People getting burned up. You can rest in the oven like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, you are reserved for fire. Creation gets the overflow of you burning on God's altar. So my job is to keep the pressure of the fire of God upon the sacrifice of your flesh. Because there's error in all of us, and it's being corrected by fire. The fire of the Word of God, the fire of the Apostle and High Priest, Jesus Christ. This is His deal. Yeah, this is His body, the body of Christ. You can even say accurately, this is His religion. And it is. This is the Lord Jesus' religion. <laughs> he did. He brought you a commandment. He brought a new religion, man. The religion of love with the substance of his spirit. Do you practice it? Are you of the Lord Jesus' religion? Amen. We need to get really religious. the religion of Jesus all the law of Jesus love your neighbor as yourself so simple you think Gandhi would have obeyed it what's interesting about that is it requires him to do it that's what Christianity is is getting into the spirit of Christ and obeying one law. That one law is the river of life. And you grow in the river and you ascend in the river as you obey the one law of the new covenant. Love. That's what transfigures you. The law is transfiguring you. The law is healing you. The law of liberty in Christ Jesus. What's the law of liberty? We're talking about the law of sin and death. Wisdom now. The law of liberty is you as a spirit practicing God's spirit, God's nature through it, through your heart, brain, and bones burning in the river. That's what love is. And your love can flood the bank. Your love can touch everyone around you. Love is a river. Love is a person that will reanimate you as you're married to him. God is love, bridegroom king. Love is not something you do. Your love overflows, your cup overflows, Psalms 23. Love is also your substance of faith. How do you grow in the power of love? Agape is the glory of God. All of these words 
are for you to encounter and know God the Father. This is the revealing of the Father. 2,000 years ago, you had the revealing of the Son of God. A hundred years ago, you had the revealing of the Spirit of God. Now, you will have the revealing of Father God. It's humanity, humanity progressively being restored to heaven from earth by being married to the Trinity. Why Trinity? Why does God choose to reveal himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because you're adopted into a new family of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached resurrection. Because you are entrenched in a fallen family and now must be resurrected into the heavenly family surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, your heavenly family. Surrounded by the angels, your heavenly family. Surrounded by your father, your real father, your heavenly family. It's all about family. God's a family man, but you know what? So is Satan. He messes up every family there's ever been, but he also puts families together. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Satan's a matchmaker. One of the main ways he destroys destinies is through relationships with unbelievers. That's why I have young people message me every week saying, is this my husband, is this my wife? What I tell you works like a charm. Bring some sonship revelation from Joel's bar and pour it on their heads their reaction to the revelations of the sons of God show you if they're the one. If they manifest, they get bitter, if they manifest selfishness, that ain't, that ain't her, that ain't him. That person destroy your life. If they react positively and it goes into the soil of their heart and they bear its fruit, that's the one, man. Can they handle the sword of his mouth? If not, of course that's not God's spouse for you. That's Satan's spouse for you. And it destroys millions of destinies. Some of you got convicted right now because you know you married Satan's spouse. What do you do? Keep growing in the glory. <laughs> but don't let your spouse hold you down. Why allow some kind of legal bind that is not even a spiritual marriage, that God doesn't even see as marriage? You know he doesn't see through the law anymore, the land's been slain. A marriage is spirit to spirit. God is spirit. If it's in the law only, in the courtroom, you're legally married and not in spirit, zero of that is recognized in heaven by God. Zero. You're not married at all. And you never were. Truth anyhow. God's not a lawyer. Only Satan is. Shocking revelation. But some of you need to hear it. Because you've lost 10, 20, 30 years unequally yoked to an unbeliever. And God wants to redeem the time. 
and before you're ever married to another brother or another sister in Christ who believes the words of God and bears their fruit, a true Christian, make sure you're married to God, <laughs> your first love. Otherwise, everything will be out of order in your life. You'll never have one successful area in your soul until your first love, God, has the centerpiece of your heart. See, that's the place, that high position, called the high place of your soul. High place of your soul, yeah, it's up there too, but it starts right here. It's the centerpiece of your heart. That's where idolatry starts. You know, Eve put the serpent there. Adam put Eve there. Man fell not because of the serpent. The Bible says Adam knew the serpent was lying. Man fell because he followed woman. Adam put Eve there. Wow. A lot of you guys have a girl there. Repent, which means return Jesus to your first love, your high place, your pent house. Isn't it wonderful? He just deals with practical stuff in our lives. So there's no confusion. Man, this thing is so simple. Love God. <laughs> and keep your love crystal clear and sparkling. And if others don't want to practice it, forget them. Don't let a single person that doesn't practice the law of the new covenant hold you back from growing in the glory, which is growing in divine love. Do you realize every revelation of Jesus is the revelation of love because God is love? Stunted growth in areas of woundedness, and we all do. What is that? Why do I have a hard time? Why is there a familiar spirit in this area? It's all a lack of the Father's love in an area you don't believe God for, in an area there's not faith, but work which is your efforts to be approved, to approve yourself, to prove yourself, which is total satanic garbage, to prove to others, or to prove to God. You know, you're proving to God that you're real and proving to yourself that you're real and others. It's simply keeping Jesus as the centerpiece of your heart, first love. That's how you prove it. You go through a storm or, hey, here's 20 other things you can fill your heart with that are mean. 
you'll get temporary pleasure in and in death because it's all sin. Can you keep me the center, please, during all that temptation? Temptations of just intense pride, the pride of Satan lifting Jesus to the top of the temple. Can you keep God in there? Get behind me, Satan. You should have no one but God in there. That's what he said. Get behind me, Satan. Have no one but God. Well, that was all the temptations of pride was to fill the first love, high place of your heart. Jesus passed with flying cover colors, obviously. We haven't. We're learning how to. That's called discipleship of the kingdom of heaven. So that the king of heaven is the high place of your heart. That's when your heart is perfected. There are millions of things warring for your first love. Very, very few Christians have ever left God in that place. They go into the wilderness. What is the wilderness? Testing your first love. Testing to see, is God really the God of your heart? I know he's the God of your head because you talk a lot. Talky, talky. But is he your walkie-talkie, the God of your heart? When the pressure of the external realm presses upon you and squeezes you, what comes out of the sponge of your spirit? Love or anger? Jealousy, malice, murder. Oh, and listen, all that junk will come out. Don't be astonished when he squeezes you with the wine press of his love, with the pressure test of agape, which is called the law of the new covenant for your benefit. Where is it written? Hebrews says, upon the tablet of your heart. Until there's no other law written on you except Jesus' love. Sounds simple. It's a lifetime of testing, believing, faith, refining, growing in the glory. These are the most complicated things of life. Simple and childlike words. They'll cost you everything. They'll cost you every temptation. It's cost hundreds of thousands of people's lives by simply practicing what I'm preaching to you tonight. Martyrdom from this simple gospel. And it will cost you your life as well. No doubt about it. The gospel always costs you your life. You're not going to make it. You will die. The issue is from fear or from faith. You're either going to die from fear or are you going to die from faith? Crucified with Christ, dying from faith, no longer living, the life I now live is the river of his blood and water life. The river of glory. Those who get transfigured die from their faith. You know, you're martyred daily. Scripture says, you experience martyrdom 
every day. I die daily. Normal discipleship is being a daily martyr. Did you die yet today? Were you, were you martyred for your faith today? If not, pick up your cross and follow him. It's not a cross to beat yourself up. It's the weight of his glory burning up everything inside you so only the Father remains. That's what it means to die. This ain't microchips and guillotine death by fear. This is death by faith. Death by agape love. No one finds their life unless they lose it, Jesus said. Have you lost your life for my sake? Jesus said about the fake and phonies, they were the dead burying their dead. Practicing an external religious death, there is no life in them, even though they had an external discipleship. They all went to synagogue, they all tried to obey the Bible, they had Bibles in every synagogue in Israel, 10 million people that believed the Bible. Jesus said they were dead burying the dead, didn't he? That's what he said. Those were God-fearing, God-believing, Bible-believing people, the covenant people. Jesus said they're dead. Why? They were practicing religion instead of the spirit. Time to get into the river and practice the spirit of the word. <laughs> the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What's that talking about? The Bible. Which Bible are you reading? Doesn't matter if it's NIV, NSB, AMPC, TPT, whatever. As long as you're in the spirit and it's the law of the new covenant love, you'll be growing in the glory of God. <laughs> the tree of life. The mustard seed is sprouting and growing and manifesting, encountering storms, weather systems from other people around you. Good. I am so glad you are opposed by creation, opposed by wicked sinners. Is there one man or woman in the Bible that wasn't? They literally opposed them every step of the way. Look at Joseph family, his friends, his everything. Total opposition in every direction. Why? Resurrection and ascension comes with the territory. You know what the pit and the prison of Joseph are? The passing of the test of Satan lifting up Joseph on the top of the temple. Satan lifting Joseph up to the top of the mountain. Obedience in God's promotion is through the pit and the prison 100% of the time. The pit of having your family and friends throw you down because you're not doing it their way. If you don't go through that, you'll never legitimately rise to the top of the temple. You got there through Satan's pride. These fakes and phonies that have been lifted up by the devil to the top of the temple have zero chance of making it in the coming glory. Zero. Most Christian leaders, most, not the minority, the majority. 
are not there legitimately. They didn't go through the pit to be there. They're illegitimate leaders. Jesus went through the pit. Jesus went through the prison. The prison was under the high priest's house. The pit was the pit of hell. How great is your kingship and priesthood? Priesthood temple, kingship mountains. Two places Satan lifted Jesus to. All the temptations of the devil are in those temptations. And then the bread, make bread, which is just the lust of craving sensual appetites. Listen, no man or woman can pass those tests. We've probably failed in those tests just in our lifetimes, millions of times, and God's not angry at you. He can't be angry. All his anger is poured out in the blood of Jesus. He's actually happy that you you are burying the current level of fruit right now because at least you don't belong to the kingdom of hell. God's not angry with you. He's not frustrated with you. He might be intense with you because he's a gardener and he loves fruit, but he understands what you're going through better than you do. And he knows how to get fruit out of you better than you do. The issue is trusting him and not beating yourself up. Stay in the course, stay in the path, and learning how to bear fruit when it's uncomfortable. Oh yeah. You know the things they do to make wine? Smashing, crushing. You know what the things they do to make oil? Pressure that would cause your whole skull to explode. It's literally like the, the crushing of the blood of the grape, Moses calls it. And he sweat blood. Was that the Moses fulfillment of the blood of the grapes? Was Gethsemane a garden? And was the blood, he was sweating wine? Was the pressure obedience to God? Did it produce the sweetness we're experiencing now? Yes, 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 yes. Drinking from the vineyard of Gethsemane. Aren't you glad that that pressure came on him? And if you lean upon his heart like John the Beloved, it takes the pressure off your head, puts it on his heart, his spirit. You can't do it. You'll never pass Gethsemane in 100 million years. If man could do it, God wouldn't have to send his son. There would have been someone out of 5 billion people in the Old Covenant that could have done it. God wouldn't have to come and do it. No man, no woman ever could have done it. And you can't now. Jesus did it, and by faith the Spirit applies it with power in a, into your circumstances today. The Spirit of Jesus applies the works of Jesus into our lives now in real time. Your present is being transformed by his past. Not a single thing in your past, present, and future is based on you. Remember? We can't do it based on him. And you go back into him, and he restores your timelines to the measure you depend on his works, faith in his works, 
Some of these works are intense. Gethsemane is intense, man. The cross is intense. You need that intensity. That's the intensity of love. Apply the intensity of Gethsemane into all our pores. The sweating of blood. The producing of sweet wine. Obedience to the Father. Oh yeah. People drink right out of your pores. Your obedience is not your obedience. Your obedience is Jesus' obedience. Our problem is mixing old covenant external laws of do's and don'ts with Christianity. They don't belong. How dare you bring the old covenant into the new covenant? That's witchcraft. There is no old covenant. It's fulfilled. You practice Moses today, you're a warlock. A straight up witch. And that's true. Religion is witchcraft. Witchcraft isn't occult Ouija boards. Religion is witchcraft. Religion and witchcraft and sorcery is man's ability to be divine through rituals or from legalism, do's and don'ts. Legalism is the fruit of the spirit of Antichrist. Do this, don't do that. What's that about? That's not the river. That's not even New Covenant. Right and wrong, do's and don'ts, is the understanding of the tree of knowledge or practicing sorcery. Now, don't let that horrify you, but there's sorcery in it. And we're going to get it out by the word of grace. The circumcision of the heart, the renewing of your mind, is the removing of the sorcery of the fallen angel's religion in the nations by the impartation of the grace of the Lord Jesus. Until you're living in New Jerusalem, which is in the city of grace which is also being perfected in divine love. God's original design is that simple. The complicated stuff of works, right, wrong, good, evil, that's actually the dark arts of Satan. God's not teaching that stuff for thousands and thousands of years. It's been thousands of years. God's teaching grace. God only ministers grace. Why? Because the Lamb's been slain. God has positioned himself in the heavens through the blood of his cross. So that if you have a relationship with him and not a false god, you will develop your spirit into the same likeness as the Father, Father of glory, Father of spirits, Father of lights. You are the spirits of the light of his glory. Paul reveals the Father in three names, Father of spirit, Father of glory, and Father of lights. Are you getting your light, Father? What's the light? Grace. What's the darkness? 
legalism, sorcery, pride, works, religious activity, rituals, <laughs> accusations, comparisons, envies, strife. The wickedness of Galatians 5 is an accurate depiction of the seed of the tree of knowledge. Two trees in the garden. You have the fruit of the spirit. Fruits only bore on a tree. What tree? The tree of life, Galatians 5. Then you have the fruit of wickedness. Well, that fruit, the bad fruit, is only produced on the tree of knowledge that Adam ate from and died. And that most of us are still eating from and wondering why we're confused, poor, or sick. It's all based on your spiritual diet. Any problem in your life is because of spiritual eating. That you are attached in your umbilical cord, your silver cord, your spiritual cord, the mouth of your spirit, and the diet of the tables of demons. Did Paul not say that to the Corinthians? Corinthians, the most charismatic church in the New Testament. Paul doesn't get into charismatic explanations anywhere else in his epistles like he does to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were the most charismatic and the most rebellious. Because they were mixing the Holy Ghost charis charismatic with the charismatic of the altars of demons. Missing, mixing worldly spiritualism with God's spiritualism because it's all spirits. Millions of spirits here, only one of them is legal. Any spirit you allow into your stomach, the mouth of your stomach, your spiritual stomach, which is your treasure house of your soul, <laughs> you'll bear its fruit. And so there's a discipleship to not have any other spirits in your spirit, in your stomach, birthing from your womb, which is the Greek word innermost being, where the river of life is supposed to flow from, but sadly doesn't for most people, because they got other spirits in there, and they're birthing other fruit, other things. It's not the Garden of Eden. <laughs> so that heaven and the glory realm is practically unknown to most Christians. Why? Their womb, their innermost being right here. Their mouth of their spiritual stomach is still eating from the altars or tables of demons. Paul called the table of the Lord an altar. There is one altar that we serve from, Paul says. The altar of gold before the Father's throne in the Holy of Holies in heaven. Not in types and shadows, not in buildings made by human hands. God's throne. Amen. That's the new covenant. And as we serve that gold altar of fire, it eats up every other altar. So you're actually going around like a devouring fire when you start serving God the Father in spirit. Right here. In your spirit. When you, where's your spirit? Knock the wind out of someone. The word wind is the word spirit in Greek. Pneuma. Same word. You knock the spirit out of someone. They stop breathing and they fly out of their body 
and lose 27 grams and physically measure it with their spirit league. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh no, 19 grams. Thank you. Whatever. Truth in you. What can you do with your 19 grams? Rule the world. Or strongly than an archangel. That's the only thing God the Father is going to ask you on Judgment Day. What did you do with your 13 grams? Your 19 grams? Whole spiritual stature, Father. I developed it in love, which is the glory of the Father. The only law of the new covenant. May you invest your spirit only in love. Learning to love is learning how to use your spirit in Jesus Christ's ability. Perfected fire. Perfected womb. See, just because you don't have revelation about your innermost being doesn't mean you're not birthing. Just because you're ignorant of the ways of God, which is divine plumbing, doesn't mean your plumbing's not doing stuff. Everyone's is. The issue is no longer perishing or practicing death for lack of revelation knowledge. A dead womb. God considers birthing the tree of knowledge barrenness, a barren womb. And men, in Christ you got your womb back. It's not just womb men anymore. Truth in you, the creator gave Adam a womb. He took the womb out of man and made womb man. Now in Christ there's neither male nor female, Bible says. So you have the fullness in you. True. You're not lacking anything in flesh. It's not good for man to be alone. And listen, I'm sure God will marry all of you. Marriage suffer the Lamb. I'm sure you have the best spouses of all time and the best marriages of all time. No doubt about it. But you must find completeness in Him. Otherwise, you'll search for it in others, which is idolatry. You must discover your spiritual womb to birth the Son of God. Otherwise, you'll have substitutes, usually money, instead of Christ. Jesus called money a root. The root, the love of money is the root system of all wickedness on earth. So that's the roots of the tree of knowledge. Why do you go to school? have a successful money-making job why do you go to God's school to have a successful glory making job <laughs> to have the roots of David instead of the roots of all evil two different root systems thank you father for uprooting and tearing down 
any root, which is right here in your womb, connected to altars of demons. So your spirit roots, you already got them. Just because you don't have the roots today, it doesn't mean your belly's not full of roots. The issue is we come in such a mess into Christianity and we don't cleanse our roots. So we're still attached to altars. And a lot of times we get attached to new altars by false teaching, bad teaching, our men and women, most unknowingly. Most do this unknowingly, you guys. Very few are actual warlocks that do this with spiritual vision. Attaching people to altars is high-level sorcery. Everyone does it unknowingly. So the, the Son of God is made manifest to bring into the light all the works of darkness. So because this stuff is going on in your spiritual stomachs automatically, every single one of you, it has to be taught so that you can learn to birth only the altar of the Lord instead of the altars of demons. And you'll birth stuff from altars of demons for years. There will be a greater refinement of your treasure house, the root system of your spirit, to perfect your tree. Don't expect overnight microwave root systems. It's not possible. What tree has perfect roots? I mean, you got egg, they grow down, they grow, 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 grow. And the roots will perfect the soil. And these are the roots of David, which Jesus says in Revelation 22, he is the roots of David. And he is the bright and morning star, meaning I'm the whole tree. I'm every level of your growth from zero to infinity. Apart from me, you can do nothing, meaning you can't do zero, you can't do 0 0.1, and you can't do 9999999 either. So he's closer than a brother, meaning he's always working in your inner man, and your inner man will transfigure your outer man. Amen. Praise God. So true. <laughs> You will know the truth of your root system. And God will give you visions and dreams because this is a lot of revelation. And he will help you progressively with angels to confront altars, to confront roots and things in you that are not right. He's been refining me for 21 years. Every season there's something new, something else. Layer after layer. I mean, that's what going from glory to is, is restoring the whole person to live in heaven physically, not just spiritually. Adam and Eve were in heaven in the throne room physically. Their brains were there. Their bones were there. Their blood was there before the altar. And they were brighter than all the stars of the heavens combined. You know that? Original design of man and woman they had never seen the noonday sun until they stepped out of the glory of the Father. Now through the blood of Jesus, right through his side, you swim into his side by drinking his side, the fountain of the Lamb, and you swim right through his side into the body of Christ, which is into the Father, and you swim inside Jesus. You go right into the center of Jesus' heart, and there's the throne of God the Father. But you can explore Jesus. 2,000 years of exploring Jesus, the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
and the Spirit is the blood of Jesus that carries you throughout the whole body or the kingdom of heaven of Christ. But after you've done enough, enough, a lot of exploring and all this stuff's amazing and we all fall in love with Jesus, there's deeper still. And this is the place of sonship. It's called deep diving in the Father. The throne room is the Father. Jesus reveals you to his Father. He talked about his Father. He almost never talked about himself. He did a little. But if you're honest with yourself, if you read his words, it wasn't about him. It was about his Father. This is about adopting the nations back into right relationship through his crucified flesh, swimming into his bloodstream, through his blood and water. That's the river of life. Still flowing from his side, Revelation 22. Still flowing from the throne. That's his blood and water of his crucifixion. You swim through that blood and water by faith now to know the Father. You can do all kinds of stuff, but eventually you come to a place of maturity where it's time to meet Dad. And that's what this generation's all about. We've been swimming around for 2,000 years of Christianity. Now it's time for Christianity to meet their Father. And that's the glorification of the world. That's the actual maturity into kingship and the battle regalia of the ancient of days. The warrior nature of Exodus and the kingship nature of the great king, God the Father. Those two attributes of who God the Father is revealed in Moses' Exodus as wisdom for you today are necessary to become the manifesting sons of God. Who is not exactly like their father? Who's the son? See, that's what a son is. So what is the father? A great warrior and a great king. What does the bride become? Scripture tells you. What is the bride? Everyone who's married to Jesus, swimming through his bloodstream by the Holy Spirit River. What do they become? A Shulamite warlord, Song of Solomon says. Combat boots. Mighty warrior and mighty king. To the kings and priests of the earth, Revelation 1. To the ones that have matured in the warrior nature of the Father. Lion of the tribe of Judah. One lion. Yeah, one lion inside him are all other lions. Because he's replicated, reproduced his seed line in his words inside human spirits. So there's a programming to produce the same God. What God are you reproducing? Those are the words currently right here in your spirit, in your belly. That's what you're birthing. You're birthing your God. Every person has a God because every person has a throne room because you are all created temples. Now, to have Jesus in there is actually quite rare because you notice, you look around, who's birthing the river of glory? Almost no one. Why? Because there hasn't been the cleansing of their innermost being. There hasn't been an invitation of the word of grace into the throne room of the heart. And when there is, you begin birthing the kingdom of heaven. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that you are saved 
by birthing the divine child. That's what it says in Greek. It doesn't say childbearing. And you wouldn't need Jesus. You could just have 10 kids and go to heaven. No, you have to birth Jesus. <laughs> it's not about birthing children. This ain't Noah. This ain't Old Covenant. Okay, this is about birthing God now. Birthing the river. The breaking of the mighty waters. You ever heard of your waters are breaking? Pregnant women have the waters break and then the baby comes up? That's the type and shadow of divine birth. Everything points to God. Everything points to Jesus and God's master plan to redeem you from the fall. What are the breaking of the waters? The cleansing of your womb and the release of the river of life out of your innermost being will fill rivers of living waters, John 7:38. Jesus was prophesying to Israel their manifest sonship, their destiny. Few ever took him up on it. This generation, millions will become true divine people by actually hearing what Jesus said through people who know him in the heart, in spirit, that have practiced these things and have made them real by faith. And it'll be imparted into others through the hearing of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and they'll begin to reproduce his word in their wombs, which is the birthing of the river of glory. Eventually, what does the Bible say? The waters of the birthing of the living waters will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And then where's God the Father? Psalm says he's enthroned over the floods. So it's a people who have birthed the power of his glory, the kingship and warrior nature, because you got everything, what the Bible says, the red dragon standing there to devour, devour the child. Every single one of you have faced that. Every single one of you has faced Satan and his angels every step of your spiritual growth to shut you down from coming into this level and arena of sonship. That you would stay technons in chicken coops where it's acceptable to not birth. Listen. It's all about being a birthing ward. And an apostle is simply a handmaiden or a nurse that helps you birth. I mean, what are we a government of if it's not the water and the breaking of the water? A government of dirt or a government, a government of glory? A government of the Prince of Peace or a government of religion? Seriously. We need true apostolic and prophetic ministry that helps people manifest from their womb the word and the water. The washing of the water of the word is for you individually. And as you get washed and sanctified and cleansed in your heart, it begins to wash everyone around you. That's how you change your friends so fast. I don't need to be washed. I'm already clean in your own eyes. With planks and specks. Let them go. You can't force them to wash. Like trying to force cats to take a bath. They'll claw you up. They will terrorize you. They hate the water. Get me out of here. You're no longer my master. I'm running away. You're not called to pastor cats. Let them go. We love cats. No offense to cats. Great example because it's animal nature. Noah's Ark activity, pastoring the animal nature out of every soul for the Christ nature to possess every soul 
by progressive revelation feasting on the table of the Lord. Fresh bread from heaven for your spirit to birth more of God's nature every day out of your spirit right here, your womb, through your soul, which is your heart emotions, your mind, your brain, and your spinal cord, your will. In Jesus' name, amen. So the priesthood of Melchizedek is helping everyone birth the word of God. And you go into people's spirit with the sword of your mouth and you destroy the works of the devil. The red dragon comes around, tries to devour the inner child. Once you're regenerated, translated out of darkness into glorious light. Now you gotta, Revelation 12, overcome the devil. Not just overcoming him, getting born again. That's a huge step. All the angels are rejoicing. Wonderful. You believe in Jesus. So do the demons and shudder. Seriously. Now, take your soul up with your spirit, with God in your spirit, by putting the word in your spirit, the apostolic and prophetic word in your spirit, the feast of the table of the Lord. The two witnesses are the apostle and prophet, by the way. That's one level of very important revelation you need to understand. Without apostolic witness, zero chance you'll ever overcome. Without prophetic witness, zero chance you'll ever come out of Babylon, you'll ever come out of religion, zero. Moses is standing on top of Mount Zion, Revelation 15, with Jesus. The overcomers are doing what? Playing hearts, harps, singing the song of Moses. What's Moses represent? The apostolic, clearly. Meaning, the faster you're receiving from true apostolic ministry, like Red Letter Ministries, the faster your spiritual growth will be. And other ministries need to receive from apostolic ministries. It is a mountain. And there is rank, and there is order, and there is government, and it will benefit you so much. Oh my gosh, it's not about losing followers, losing financial partners. It's about glorifying the people. Get over yourself. Come on. Let's get out of all of our little protection mode into it's all God's, and you'll be more blessed than ever before by letting go and stop trying to protect the little bit you got. If you give in to the government of God, you'll be rewarded. If you resist, you'll be utterly destroyed. Guaranteed. If you can let go and trust the apostles and the prophets called the government of God, of the increase of the apostolic and prophetic government, there will be no end. We're just getting started, people. And people are already freaking out in every way. It's terrorizing their demons. It's terrorizing their religion. It's terrorizing their rebellion. It's terrorizing their idolatry. People have been serving the religious demon in their first love gate, you know what I'm saying? They're more infatuated with defending their beliefs in their spirit than the actual person Jesus. Because Satan has turned Christianity into idolatry and even paganism. That we're defending our theology and it's not even the throne of God the Father they're defending. God doesn't defend anything. His glory is just a massacre of anything that comes within 100 million light years of him. What are you even doing? That's not God. His power is so strong. It's stronger than 100 million stars. When you get into the Father, you just watch the Father to blow everything up. Have you ever heard his name is called omnipotent in English 
Almighty. <laughs> Almighty, yeah. The Almighty, one of his names. Meaning, if you are serving him before his throne in an actual new covenant priest, you just get out of the way and let the Father burn him up. So all these people that have been attacking me for 15 years of ministry, just get out of the way. You notice we never defend ourselves. I get out of the way, I let the Father defend himself because I'm not serving me. I'm not serving theology, religion, idolatry. I'm serving the Father. Always have and always will. That's why we don't lose. They lose because they're attacking God the Father because they don't understand because they've been taught religion. They're not even aware of what the new covenant is. They're defending do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs, which is the old covenant law controlled by demons. And we're here before the very throne of God the Father in spirit and truth, letting the Father just rule and reign through our hearts. It's a completely different religion, people, when you start realizing you're the temples of the Holy Spirit and how powerful your Father is in you. John 4, 4, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So it's kind of fun to get attacked when you know him that closely on the inside. Oh, buddy. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I repay and let those who touch you be struck down. With what? The pressure of love. The glory. Is there any judgment more severe than the white throne of his love? And since we think love is just being nice to people and tolerating people, we don't see the severity of God. We don't understand the judgment of God. Oh, we will. Because the coming glory is the coming love of the Father, and it will be the most severe judgment planet Earth has ever had. It's coming from the throne, and we know God is love, but it's also the wine press of the wrath of the Almighty. Wrath towards religion, wrath towards do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, the knowledge of good and evil, wrath towards demons, wrath towards sickness and disease, mostly and number one. This is why people freak out and manifest every day. It is wrath towards pride. The wrath of the Lamb is centered with sight on one main attribute that has corrupted humanity and kept them fallen and not desiring to be risen. Pride. If you have Satan's pride in you, you have zero desire to believe in Jesus or to rise from the dead because you're healthy in your own eyes. Only the sick know they need a doctor. Jesus was saying because they're so filled with Satan's pride, Satan believing he didn't need God, that he can have a kingdom apart from God. All these people think they can live apart from God. They have no need for Jesus. I have no need for the Bible. I have no need for the Holy Ghost. I don't need the river of life. What is that? The fallen angel's pride. Anyone that isn't totally thirsty for daily salvation is completely filled with fallen angel pride. Desperation is a normal attribute. My flesh and blood long for the living God, King David said. What? You have all this victory, King David. This huge kingdom. This, you've amassed a treasure house. You're storing up billions for your son to build the temple. 
the most successful Christian or anointed life ever. And he's like, I'm the most desperate I've ever been. Thirsty. Like a deer panteth for the water brooks. My soul longs to be with God. Oh yeah, because you get more and more thirsty and desperate. Every level of growth. Because the greater the tree, the greater the roots have to drink the river. And the bigger the tree gets, and Jesus grew to be the tree of life that filled the universe for 33 years. That's what he grew in. He started as a seed in Mary's womb, birth, grew. Year after year, ring after ring, 33 is the number of the years of the rings of the tree of life. And it filled the universe, Colossians says. So he was dependent on the fullness of God the Father. He needed 100% of God the Father to sustain the size of his tree. And so will you as you continue to grow. In dependency on God the Father's light and water. So then when that was taken from him on the cross, shriveling and dying, that's why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Build me up to the size of the universe by your light and your water. And now you're going to cut me off from light and water and this giant tree named Jesus Christ of Nazareth died for you and me. Why? To tap you into his light and water. That's the only way you ever would have got it. To fill and flood you with God himself so that you also can be the tree of life filling this universe with God the Father's glory. That's what it's always been about. And that's what you're being restored to now in Jesus' name. Father, fill these trees through the shed blood of Jesus with light and water. And let their roots run deeper, their branches higher and wider with more leaves and more fruit than ever before to fill their cities and to fill their nations with your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We love you so much. If you're blessed by this message, give an offering into this ministry and be blessed as you give. RedLetterMin.com. We'll see you tomorrow.